TV on the radio here on BFF.FM. I am Jessica and Leah is out today. She has returned to her idyllic hometown to uh of Anaheim. <laughs> Let's not blow up her spot. Let's not give out her assassination <laughs> coordinates. Oh, okay? right, right. Um, but yeah, she's Leah uh, Jet. <laughs> that account has been suspended. <laughs> Um, but yes, Leah's out. So today I am joined by uh, best friend of the show, uh, TV on the radio, general counsel, uh, listener Stephen. Welcome, Stephen. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for joining us. Um, can you hear me on this thing? Um, yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Sound great. Uh, yeah. It was so, all those vocal exercises. Yeah, Stephen sang right along with Elvis during the uh, the intro there. Christmas. <laughs> Um, yeah, so today we are talking about a very Christmas. important topic. <laughs> Stephen has been drinking eggnog all morning. Um, we have spent December the same way we spend every December. Just, Having COVID? Um, yeah, reading Tolstoy and uh, traveling and, um, you know, getting out, enjoying life. Shoveling snow? Shoveling snow, uh, you know. Spending time with loved ones. Uh, no, we haven't done any of that. We had COVID and uh, we upped our consumption of terrible Christmas movies from one a night to two and a half a night. So uh, we're going to go through all of them. And more. <laughs> and, 
and more. Because they're a lot that we watched a little bit of, and we can talk about them too. We could, except I couldn't remember the names of any of them, or uh, I mean, I could. We watched one that was really old from like 2004 that was vaguely Christian, and <laughs> you're squinting at me. You don't remember that at all. Yeah, which do you? one was that? <laughs> I don't know. No, no, no. I'm I sure do it's remember called, the, like Christmas the, time. The one with the nativity. Yes, right, the nativity, it's the scary nativity. Right, that I kept waiting. I kept thinking it was going to come to life because <laughs> for some reason the description of the movie it talked about a life size nativity, and I was like, "Oh, the nativity is going to come to life." It it never did. <laughs> it never did. Spoilers. But we, we for did learn that movie subsequently. That I can't remember the name of when we were about two thirds through, I looked it up, and it, it was referred to as a Christian movie. I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> we got took. We're watching a Christian movie." I mean, I did not regain my faith. He's the reason for the season. Let's let's not forget. Yeah, the the backdrop. The ba- <laughs> Hang on, I'm trying to find my PDF here. Okay, uh, is there any particular one you'd like to start with? Uh, I I leave it to you. Dealer's okay. choice. Well, the first one I took notes on was called Catering Christmas, which is a new one for 2022. Um, I believe it was made for Hulu. I don't quote me on that. These are yeah. mostly Hulu and Netflix. Uh, let me let me start with sure. uh, asking you how we define our terms. I have problems with this because you know everyone does these, right? Yeah, Hulu no, does these. HBO is even maybe getting into these. Everyone does these, so I don't know what to call them. What I used to call them was Hallmark movies. Yeah, trying to like turn Hallmark into sort of a generic term for them, and I think maybe we do that. Well, I do think Hallmark, either Hallmark or Lifetime, defined the genre. Right. You know? So yeah, Netflix got in on it, then Hulu and. So what HBO do we call hasn't the- really made anything quite okay at, to the you know specifications of the formula, but so what do we call the category? I, don't know. I just call them streaming Christmas. That's movies. what I call them. Okay. I think I think we understand. All right, when we but say I that. I kind of want to say Hallmark because people th- that yeah, is yeah. they like you said that defined the genre. That's what people think of when they think of it. But I don't want to be too limiting. I don't want people to go to the Hallmark Channel and say I don't find I can't find catering Christmas anywhere here. You know what? I wouldn't worry about it. I think uh, <laughs> people will figure it out. And also, no one's listening to this because the World Cup final is going on right now. <laughs> it's I'm quite confident it's done okay, right well, now. We'll have to find out later what happened. Yeah, we don't know. We watched the end of uh, of overtime, but didn't get to the penalty kicks. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, but, you know, we're doing important work here. <laughs> uh, okay, Catering Christmas. I don't have a lot to say about this one because it actually, um, it kind of set my expectations for the season and it was a huge bummer. It's about a, you know, rich fuckboy dilettante guy who... Uh, born into immense wealth and so he travels around the world doing whatever he wants and what he wants to do is event photography not like safari photography not you know extreme sports a wedding in Ibiza yeah he's literally photographing people's weddings which that made me think oh maybe this will be funny but he comes home and like strikes up a romance with his rich auntie's caterer and it is just all whispering and chopping carrots and uh it really it sucked the life out of me do you have any recollection of this film i'm not sure i watched this one (laughs) yes you did i'm pretty sure i didn't watch this one (laughs) um no i i remember it vaguely i remember the the guy having a little bit of charm i do i don't and that's what a a lot of these turn on is do do you can you bear being around these characters you know there's one that we watched maybe two or three nights ago that listener, 
neither of us can remember the name of. No. Neither of us can remember anything about, except that the lead guy was unlookable at and charmless. <laughs> we did not want to be in his presence, hmm. so we stopped watching it. That's not ringing a bell, but I'll take your word. Yeah. Um, okay, the next one is a Netflix original, also from this year, The Noel Diary. Mm. And I think this is one that they put sort of their their money behind. It stars a guy who is in This Is Us, who's, sorry, his name I do not remember, but he's the dumb blonde brother from Novelist Jacob Turner. <laughs> <laughs> Novelist Jacob Turner gets the call that his mom is dead, and apparently he wasn't, you know, they were estranged, so he just gets the call from the executive of her estate, which I don't know why that's someone who's not him, I guess because they were estranged. He comes home to her hoarder house and starts poking around at stuff, and uh, a random woman shows up, and she's looking for her mom, who was his nanny. He has no recollection of this woman, who apparently was his nanny and presumably raised him as a small child, which I found very bizarre, but he reluctantly agrees to help her find her mom. So do you remember this one? Pretty sure I didn't see this one. <laughs> I'm so glad I had you here today, <laughs> Stephen. You're really adding. No, a I lot. remember this one. This is this is the one where the, the, the thing that blew our minds was the scene where he gets together with his estranged dad. He's estranged from everybody. Yeah. You know, <laughs> if if everybody's an asshole, maybe you're the asshole. Mm -hmm. Look in the mirror, novelist Jacob Turner. <laughs> so insightful in all your novels. But not not in your own life. Yeah. Um, so he's apparently trying to fix things up with his dad and they're setting up a Christmas tree. And meanwhile, he leaves this woman who he's, you know, trying to help. He struck up a friendship with. He's dragging her around. Leaves her in the car <laughs> while he with his dresses a Christmas tree with his dad, which doesn't take a small amount of time. No. And I'm not sure why, like how it, there really were like they're decorating this Christmas tree in terse silence for a while. <laughs> like, this is how you fix things up with your dad. Uh, yeah, I found that so bizarre. She was waiting out in the car forever, and it looked very cold outside. Now, she's a person of color. Maybe mm -hmm. the father's like a, a rabid racist, and she, Maybe. You know, he, had, <laughs> he had to keep them separate. That is something that comes up a lot in these movies. Is, is terrible like, racism. Yeah, yeah, rabid racism. Um, yeah, these, these if you're into diversity and inclusion, Christmas movies are not for you. They, I mean, obviously, they're trying to... Hashtag do better since this one featured an interracial couple. Although I did note they did not kiss at the end of this movie, which is a violation there's of only, the formula. There's only so interracial we're allowed yeah, to be. Yeah, I, I was a little bit like, oh, it's a little, little cowardly there on huh, Netflix. Um, it is, it's only 2022. <laughs> yeah. Wait till 2052. We'll, we, got, we got room to grow. But I mean, speaking of that, so it's the movie is called The Noel Diary and it's sort of is focused around they discover this woman's mom's diary and they're using clues from the diary to try to hunt this woman down <laughs> but her diary is all entries about how wonderful this family is that she works for and especially little jacob who she describes as very understanding which i think is a very bizarre thing to say <laughs> about a tiny child <laughs> He's, he, he, he forgives my many it's peccadillos. It really like <laughs> if anyone had taken taken a pass at this script they would have been like uh it just was like make sure the black woman who's not a character in this film praises the white people enough so that we know that there is no problem with the you know class differences that make domestic servitude possible it's fine don't don't worry about that <laughs> it's it's it, love is what is yeah, what binds yeah, yeah. the classes um yeah these movies tell on themselves left <laughs> and right uh would you recommend this one you know uh, again i'm not sure i saw it <laughs> 
I I don't think I'd recommend this. I one. didn't like this one. Yeah. It was pretty banal. I mean that that's going to be a theme for us is don't recommend it. Don't recommend it. These these are oh, I almost all I terrible. Highly recommend. Well, I, I'd I'd like to talk about one that I highly recommend okay, that sure. isn't on your list. Yeah, go for it. Um, it's called Your Christmas or Mine. And uh-huh. this was, of all the Christmas movies we watched, it was the closest to an actual movie I would want to watch. Okay. Most of these are not. These are Most of these are written by chat GPT and mm-hmm. just, you know, fill 90 minutes of my drunken consciousness. Mm-hmm. They take time, which is useful to me. Um, <laughs> Your Christmas or Mine was almost something I'd watch. Who was in this one? Uh, well, it was the, the protagonist. Oh, that's right. The protagonist from Sex Education, Asa. who many of you will know. Oh, I forget his name. Asa something. Yeah, a delight. Yeah, and you know, it it was kind of interesting. There were there were you know, he's always charming. And again, I, I'm going to come back to this. I think charming protagonists are what make these movies. Yeah, and and he is that. So if you have to watch one of these. <laughs> Uh, I, I would put your Christmas or mine near the top of the list. I co-signed that. It's uh, and his uh, co-star, whose name I also don't remember, was also very charming. It's about a mix-up where two college lovers are going home for the holidays and decide at the last minute to go see the other one. But oops, they accidentally go to each other's houses and uh, hilarity ensues. And, and yeah, you know, it, there's a missing phone. So, sure, it's, yeah. it's, you know, <laughs> you can't fix it like you could actually fix it. Yeah, I, I second that. That was a charming movie. Two thumbs up. I texted Leah after watching it and recommended it to her, which I think right. that's the only one I've done. That this is year. A, that's very high praise. Yeah. And I'll tell you, uh, I'm, I'm glad we're talking about it because your list, as far as I see it, your list is full of only the dogs. <laughs> I, so, take, I take notes on a lot of them. Uh, Last couple of years, I've written some reviews and posted them on Twitter to, uh, so sometimes I take notes and it is, uh, but some of them I, I just didn't take notes on cause I just wanted to enjoy the movie and then subsequently forgot that it existed as is the case with your Christmas or mine. You know what? I, I didn't hate, uh, what? Christmas with you, the, the Freddie oh, Prinze yeah. one. That's also not on your list. You know, it wasn't good, but I didn't hate it. And again, Freddie <laughs> Prinze, sort of a charming protagonist. Yeah, I enjoyed that one. That was uh, about um, a famous songwriter or a performer. Is a, a Shakira-like character. Yeah, yeah. She's getting older and needs a Christmas hit to revive her career and ends up... Uh, hey, wait a minute. That's that's Love Actually. <laughs> one of the, the 17 Nye. plots yeah. <laughs> of Love Actually. This fleshes out that, that plot of mm. Love Actually. Um, but, but yeah, that one was charming too. I enjoyed it. And that one points out something that's true to me about so many of these, mm-hmm. the, the naming conventions. Yeah. Right? Christmas with you. Like utterly, like, how do I know it's that? I literally like read it over and over, said, remember, it's called Christmas <laughs> with you, Christmas with you. Yeah. The, these movies, it's very important to the marketing departments, I guess, to have the names be as banal as possible. I think maybe just not to drive people away. Um, I don't know what it, I feel like it has to be an SEO thing. Like, but, but how does that work? I, I mean, that's like calling your know. band. Remember there's this band girls, right? No. What a stupid thing to call your band. <laughs> no one's ever going to be able to find you. If it's called Christmas with you, no one's going to be able to find it. I mean, um, you, we've got on our list, naughty and nice and naughty or nice. Yes. And I looked it up <laughs> and there are other naughty or nices. Yeah. Like, I don't really get it. If anyone has any insight, I have always been baffled by the fact that they, yeah, these movies are aggressively similarly titled. They almost always have Christmas in the title. 
Um, I mean, that makes sense, right? Because I want to know what I'm looking at. And if it doesn't have Christmas in the yeah. title, I don't know it's a Christmas movie. But yeah, to the degree to that distinguish we're, it. many of them have the same title. Like I've watched oh, yeah. two different movies called The Christmas Crush. Like it's, yeah, right. I, I don't know why you wouldn't find out that there's already a Christmas crush and then pick a different name. It's very, it's strange. Right. I don't get it. Maybe, you know, maybe it is that if you have to have Christmas in the title, and I think you do, uh, there aren't that, there isn't that there much aren't that many do. words. <laughs> well, what are you going to do? Like the, the Christmas Pythagorean theorem. Ooh. You know, <laughs> that's distinctive, but meaningless. <laughs> I mean, you backwards engineer the plot of the movie from that. <laughs> Um, well, I, your point is taken, but still, there are plenty of titles out there that have, uh, or plenty of words out there, I think, <laughs> before getting to Pythagorean theorem. Yeah, you know? I suppose that's true. And, you know, I'm looking through the list right now, and some of these are somewhat distinctive, you know, uh, the good witch of Christmas, like, there's probably well, only one of those. Well, okay, let's talk about that movie because, <laughs> because that was, I don't want to get out of order if you okay, have an order okay. you want to go in. I mean, I don't care. I didn't put these in any particular order. So let's talk about The Good Witch of Christmas. That is, okay, I think this is the craziest of all of them. It's top two of the, this year for me. Although we, not Number everything we Number one is from an old time. year. Yeah, yeah, this year. But this is also from uh, 2022. Uh, I can't remember if it was for Hulu or Netflix. I found out after watching this that this is actually a sequel to, I don't remember the original one. To, but to, to a purely animated puffin show? No, I think something else with Tom Arnold and Billy Baldwin in it. This is a crazy movie. Okay, so this movie starts with two parents dropping their kids off with Uncle Tony and Uncle something else, Uncle Frank, who are played by Tom Arnold and Billy Baldwin. Um, and they say they're dropping the kids off on Christmas so they can go do some Christmas shopping. And it is heavily implied by the tone that that is a euphemism for something. They are. Just, oh, so are they criminals too? Were they going off to do their know. own crimes? Because Uncle Frank and Uncle Tony are criminals, just by the way. Yes. Uh who who live together in a loft, a live work criminal loft? Yeah, <laughs> a very uh, festive, a chaotic but festive apartment. And they never indicate this, but I mean, they're living together. They're probably lovers. I, I it was ambiguous, but maybe. Um, but the parents leave. They promptly hit Santa Claus with their Volvo, and his reindeer disappear. And they spend the rest of the movie separate from the action of Uncle Frank and Uncle Tony. There are three separate movies here. Yes, trying to. Like call AAA or get get help for Santa to get his reindeer back. Right for well, one of the plot points is Santa calls the titular good witch uh, uh, of Christmas to come get him. Right, but he has no faith that she will because she's a <laughs> flaky elf. It's it's called the good witch of Christmas. She's an elf. She's, she's not an a elf. witch. Witch is not uttered in this movie. No, there's <laughs> no. It appears nowhere but the title. Yeah. The it should have been the flaky elf. That's what it should have been called. The, fla the flaky Christmas elf. Who, by the way, is an Italian woman. This was filmed in Italy, I think. Whoa, was it? I okay. believe it was. So, Not a woman you've ever seen before, but mm -mm. you will spend the whole time wondering, is that Laurie Metcalf? Yes. <laughs> I think that's Laurie Metcalf. It's not Laurie Metcalf. It's an, it's an Italian woman who you've never seen before. Yeah. Who I, I must be like Tom Arnold's girlfriend or something. How does she get this job? I do not know how any part of this movie happened, but so Tom so, Arnold and Billy Baldwin to... are babysitting these children, trying to teach them how to crack a safe. This is the when this dizzy movie. bitch shows up at their door, like dazed, and then walks in the house and passes out on the couch. So then they spend the rest of the movie trying to figure out who this woman is. But that is intercut with them randomly pausing the action to decide to read from this storybook 
which are which these the long part of the movie. segments about puffins trying to fight for environmental justice. This and is an animated movie. Animated. There's an animated movie within the movie of puffins, as Jess says, fighting for environmental None justice. None of it makes any sense. So let, let's recap. Three movies. There's I don't think the, we need to recap. The, there are the parents dealing with Santa and trying to get Santa back on track. Right. And the whole time, they do not believe he's Santa. Yeah. Uh, there's Uncle Tony and Uncle Frank and the kids hanging out with this elf who's got amnesia. Uh-huh. And then occasionally they read from the book of Puffins, which is an animated movie inside yes. of it. So we got three movies. There's not a lot of overlap between them. Nope. Uh, it's a wild ride. You didn't like it. I thought this movie was so bizarre that I, I did enjoy it. I would say if you, um, if you like drugs, this is a good one to take an edible and, uh, and enjoy but. yeah you know i think something we all know by now like it's it's almost not worth saying is these movies are incredibly formulaic like there there are lots mm-hmm. of uh like graphs out there people have like pick from you know this yeah, column yeah. pick from this column um so these movies are incredibly formulaic this movie is not no it is this not. is this does not follow it's the on formula. its own journey yeah i told you my theory is that tom arnold like was on a coke bender and decided to rent an Airbnb in Italy with his friends. And then when he got there, he was like, if we improvise a Christmas movie, I can write this all off on my tax returns. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which doesn't really a- check out because there are like child actors, there's special effects. It's a, it's not like a I mean, amateurish animated- adventure. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it must be seen to be believed, honestly. That said, I, I do not recommend it. No. I, I would spend my time on something else. All right. Um, my Christmas fiance. You definitely watched this one. I'm pretty sure I didn't. It has Denise Richards in it. Remember, I remember asking like, "Who? What is she doing here?" And you're like, "She's the Contessa." Like, aren't you paying attention? (laughs) Yeah, she was the Contessa. (laughs) This movie. Uh, this is another one that isn't exactly formulaic because it's just got shit thrown in there that doesn't make any sense. This is also from formulas make sense. It is about um talented chef. Maya, who works at an Italian resort in the restaurant, um, and she has a mean boss who's a, a real hard ass until the day his parents come by with the woman they want him to marry. The who snake. He refers to yes as the snake, and so he gets the brilliant idea to make Maya pretend to be his fiance, and that sounds like you know the start of a classic rom com caper. But from there, I swear to fucking God, this movie is 100% improvised. It is just like, (laughs) like he proposes this to her and she says, are you blackmailing me? And it's like, that's not what blackmail is. It's just getting paid. (laughs) And then, uh, yeah, so the snake is here and I guess she has designs to turn this resort into a spa, which I'm not sure what her financial stake is in it. It's not explained. And what's the difference? I mean, doesn't your spa need a restaurant? (laughs) Yeah. Not much of a spa. Yeah, a it's restaurant. implied that it turning it into a spa is, a, is means that the kitchen staff is out, and uh, there's like there are some kitchen staff tertiary characters who I, I couldn't figure out where this was filmed. I think it must have been in Eastern Europe, Croatia, somewhere, something yeah. like that. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of what feels like improvisation. Uh, the Maya keeps calling her dad at home in South Carolina asking for his... He's a restaurateur of himself. Yeah, he's a barbecue chef. Right. She's got roots. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> he won't give her the secret family recipe for barbecue sauce until his death when it will be bequeathed to her. But then she needs to, to throw the best dinner ever to save this restaurant, which it's, 
that mechanism is not explained at all. Right. As long as there's a good enough meal, yeah. all bets are off on the spa. Everything's going to be fine. We just need to cook something good. Yes. So what she does at this fancy Italian resort is throw a barbecue dinner. Uh, her dad finally gives up the recipe because, you know, it's an emergency. She throws this amazing dinner. It blows away the minds of whoever these people are. It's so good that she is immediately whisked away to an adjacent room to win the Golden Fork Award. Diamond Fork. Diamond, Diamond Fork, Fork Award. Fork. <laughs> Which... I, I remember Diamond Fork Award, but again, I'm not sure I saw this movie. <laughs> you saw it. <laughs> Denise Richards plays a wealthy Contessa who's sort of, I guess, pulling strings in the background. It's not really clear... She's a very Why important, she's, she's a VIP at this restaurant and is just sort of lingering around and yeah. she wants the restaurant to succeed. She's, she's, both, she's, she is the good witch of Christmas, right? <laughs> That's not she, a nice thing to say. That's an East Richard. She's she just, she's just a benevolent force sure. in the background. She doesn't, there's no reason for her to be in this movie. At some point, the snake tricks Maya into making a cake for Chef Penn, the boss. Oh, right. And that, she tricks that her almost into, kills him. Yeah, putting almonds in it so he gets a severe allergic reaction and is then hospitalized for the entire second half of the movie. Another interracial couple that I feel like, like they conspired the right to keep to call separate lest it get oh, too, uh, too Sexy. jungle fever, you know, for for the listener or the watchers and the Bible Belt. But um yeah, I I was taking notes on this movie and then trying to write something about it. And I was like, this this doesn't make any sense. I must have been drunk out of my mind when I watched this. I went back and rewatched some parts. No, it is crazy. There's a <laughs> there's a bomboloni maker in this Italian village. What's a bomboloni? It's like a filled donut. Hmm. It, the bomboloni play a big role. I thought the bomboloni were going to come to life in this movie. But this guy has a beard. I think I saw him and I was like, oh, that's the real Santa Claus, which... That's always a risk in these movies. Yeah, it didn't turn out to be true, but she Anybody goes with to, a beard could be the real Santa Claus. <laughs> she goes to thank him as she's leaving. I don't remember why she's leaving at the end of the movie, but she goes to thank the bomboloni maker. He just looks at her blankly and then goes back to looking at his iPhone. <laughs> she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, like you said, improvised. <laughs> it was so a Little cinema funny. verite. Yeah. <laughs> this is how this is how we interact this now. This was not a bad movie, but I think it did step oh, it over. No, I mean, I'm sorry. It was not a good movie, but <laughs> I think it stepped into so bad it's good territory. It is crazy. Um I do recommend that one. Huh, okay. Yeah. Uh all right, do you remember Christmas at the Drive-In? I I kind of do because Winnie Cooper is yes. uh is is an identifiable force. <laughs> um but maybe I'm just remembering the picture I'm looking at over because I'm not sure I saw this one. Okay. <laughs> so uh, big shot lawyer Winnie Cooper moves back to her hometown uh, for some reason. And she <laughs> she's now teaching law at what looks like a learning annex or something, which I'm curious about what your opinion of the bar passage rate would be for <laughs> a program <laughs> like that. Depends on the state. Yeah. Okay. Maybe this is some state where everyone passes. Um. Her this one, God, I, this one is so fucking weird. Go, <laughs> go, go on with your recap. Her old boyfriend comes back to town, and he's some sort of bi a property developer, and he wants to tear down the the small town's drive-in to build it, which I believe he owns. It's he his does. family's. It's his, it was his dad's yeah. drive-in, so it's and he, his prerogative he, to, to mow it down. He wants it to be a distribution center for sure. some Amazon sort of thing. Yeah, which is going to bring jobs to the community. You mm -hmm. know the usual economic arguments. Yeah, um, and she 
instead of minding her own business, makes it her mission to save this drive-in theater. It's too important to the community. Yeah, to let there's a whole a community meeting center. where like some town councilwoman says like, well, if you can prove that it's important to the community, then we'll save it. Okay. <laughs> like, this no, is this stop. man's private property. Say it again. Say, no, because this this happens, right? This is happening with the Castro Theater right now. Oh, okay. Right? The, the is idea someone trying to turn that into a DC? <laughs> someone's trying to turn it into a live performance sure. space instead of, instead of movies. Because they own it. It's their private business. Or Golden Voice or... Okay. Uh, another planet. I oh, think, okay. I thought it. that was the same. As but anyhow, uh, land use stuff, that's not, that happens, okay. right? There, there could be a hearing about whether this can be churned into something else or should Did be you? kept. Did you go to Winnie Cooper's Law School? <laughs> <laughs> Summa cum laude. <laughs> um, so so it, it makes sense. But what doesn't make sense is what follows. I mean, you can make a determination, right? That committee could say like, yeah, we don't want this turned into something else. We want it kept what it is. But the fact that they make it like a, a challenge, like right. show us <laughs> yeah. how valuable this is to the community. And there's no metric provided. No. But it seems to be that what you have to show is that everyone goes and has a good time. Sure. Or you sell a lot of uh, condiments or whatever. <laughs> condiments. <laughs> yeah, that's not the word I'm looking for, but. Concessions, concessions, that's the word, yeah. another C-O-N word. So sell enough concessions in the dead of winter mm -hmm. and we will not let them turn this into a distribution center. Right. And maybe fair enough, but like who's in charge of this? And it turns out that Winnie Cooper, who doesn't own this, is in charge of this, yeah. even though she, again, does not own this. And the guy who's trying to sell it has to it is like bound by good faith to help as much as possible. Right. Which makes no sense at all. Nope. <laughs> he keeps you know? telling the mayor behind her back, like, I'm I'm committed to this business deal. There's no way we can keep this drive-in. But then he goes but, and sells popcorn at the concession stand because that's what you got to do. Yeah. He's, he's playing both sides here, which is weird yeah. since he's one of the sides. Yeah. I also like that her business plan is getting her friends and family to work for free at an outdoor in the dead of winter. And uh, I was really struck by like someone, I think her brother had the idea to sell cake pops, which he says they only cost five cents to make and you can sell them for two bucks a pop. And it's like, I so I Google cake pop recipe, five hours start to finish to make cake pops. So they're not factoring labor into this cost at all. And uh, Maybe they're doing this in Bangladesh or something. Oh, maybe. It didn't look like Bangladesh. I don't <laughs> think they get a lot of snow there. But uh, yeah, I mean, that made me Do think like, Do you remember like, the oh, outcome of this movie? <laughs> I, I don't. I think I might have stopped watching it. You probably did. You frequently go to bed while <laughs> yeah. I'm halfway through these movies. <laughs> um, I do remember the outcome. You can probably guess. You don't sure. need to have seen you, it. You save the, the you save the drive-in and you have a kiss. You have a kiss in front of a pickup truck with the windows so fogged up that like all I could think of is yeah, drive-in theater in the winter is a bad idea. <laughs> you <laughs> wouldn't be able to see through the through the window. But uh, yeah, this movie. Um, I didn't like this one, I, what I saw of it. I didn't find it that charming. Um, no no offense to Danica McKellar, but she don't got the spark anymore, you know? That was mean. I'm sorry, yeah. Danica McKellar. I know a, you're a, a brilliant mathematician a, as well. A lot of people in these movies don't have the spark anymore. It's very interesting to me what's happened with casting in these movies over the years. Hmm. It used to be sort of like people you didn't know, but they were conventionally attractive. You know, they were, they were like... F lip, not even list, uh, unlisted Daytime people. Daytime type people. Daytime soap people. Yeah, some of those people. Uh, and again, you know, in their early 30s, conventionally attractive, probably Hollywood people, although, you know, maybe some are, you know, Canadian. they work for the Croatian Film Commission. <laughs> um, 
but uh, it, it's it's changed lately. Okay, we've, let's not get into the. <laughs> no, no, I everyone's think this too is, ugly now. <laughs> every, everyone's too ugly now. We we've moved away from the conventionally attractive, and we've gone to what they now seem to want to cash in on is the vaguest of fames. Like they're looking for people who, oh yeah, that person was in a seven episode arc of ER this thirty years ago. You know, no, well, the, this is us guy. Like he's the star, one of the stars, yeah, right? I think. But there's a so that's to me that's an exception. Like we watched this thing last night, part of it, Mary Kisscam. That's a distinct name, by the way, Mary uh-huh. Kisscam. And there's a woman in it, and you look at her, and you're like, this woman is not conventionally attractive. She is not. She she is not. <laughs> she's not opening a movie. Uh, so I looked her up, and it's a, she has got like 50 credits on IMDb. They're all very minor. Um, they're just like they're out there looking for people who people might recognize and trying to get that to draw people in. That makes complete sense. I'm surprised that we haven't seen. I mean, maybe we haven't. I just haven't mm-hmm. noticed. I'm surprised we haven't seen more just like people with 80,000 Instagram followers. Just yeah, parts right. Like this, That's got to be coming. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised there aren't more like uh, Bachelor contestants. Yeah. You know, because some of those Bachelor contestants get up into a million Instagram fo- followers. Yeah, some of them. And that's, you know, you know what? They might not, these movies might not pay well enough. Oh, you're probably <laughs> right. You could probably, if you have a million Instagram followers, you get more for posting about flat tummy tea than you would for three months working on one of these movies in, in Croatia. Canada. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah, Canada, you know, uh, I keep saying Croatia, but uh, it seems like half of these are filmed in a place called Hamilton, Ontario. Mm. Um, Must be which, idyllic. Yeah, and you know what? I looked up Hamilton, Ontario on, on Wikipedia, <laughs> and I was expecting there to be like a you know film industry section, and there isn't, Huh? which is weird because so many of these seem to be made there. Anyhow, if you know anything about Hamilton, Ontario and its film industry, please at Jess. <laughs> you can tweet at us any of your thoughts about streaming holiday movies at uh, BFF TV on the radio. Um, okay, well, the next movie I have on my list... Uh, is a strike against your theory that there are no hot people in these movies anymore. Uh, Naughty and Nice, which is an older one. I guess maybe that. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. This one's from both t- Naughty and Nice and Naughty or Nice are both around 10 years old. Yeah. Naughty and Nice is from 2014 and it is about a uh, morning zoo type radio DJ in Los Angeles, Pepper Sterling. Played by uh, Nick Tingley. His name is Tilky Jones. (laughs) (laughs) Nick Tingley. Uh, And Tilky Jones has been the revelation of the season for me. Just loves herself some Tilky Jones. His name is Tilky Jones, first of all. Nick Tingley. And he is a former boy bander. Uh, Oh, really? Yeah, he was in, I actually forget the name of the band, but... Um, one of the bands managed by Lou Pearlman. Oh, wow. In, so terrible, terrible peace. things have happened to I mean, Tingly Nick. I don't want to, you know, defame anyone, even though Lou Pearlman is dead. But uh, yeah, he Tilky Jones has a sort of dark charisma and a sadness behind his eyes that made me think like, this man's seen some shit, you know, <laughs> or just grew up with the name Tilky Jones, which can't be easy. No. Um, but yeah, this movie, he... he Pepper Sterling takes his morning zoo prankery too far and he gets suspended from the radio station but reassigned to a sister station in Idlewild, Colorado to co-host a call-in relationship advice show with uh, Dr. Sandy Love played by 
the lesser Duff sister, Haley Duff. Um, and you're not going to guess, but uh, they butt heads until eventually they don't. Um, I liked that the radio station in Idlewild, Colorado seemed to be upstairs from a weird gift store that wasn't explained. Um, There's only one commercial building in Idlewild, Colorado. (laughs) Everything happens there. (laughs) It did sort of seem like that. I think there was a deli across the street, but that was about it. It was too small a town to have a radio anything, let alone Um, having Nick Tingley come from a a big market to land there. Stop calling him Nick Tingley. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, this... uh, I I loved this movie actually. There's some weird shit. So, um, Doctor Sandy Love is doesn't just give advice on the radio, but she takes it into the real world, and we see her coaching a teenage boy in real life about how to ask a girl to the dance. And she has advised this young man to dress up as Santa Claus and knock on her door. Which I'm gonna say that's really very bad advice. But I'm wrong. She's the doctor. She's the doctor. She is a a real life shrink um and yeah it works and eventually she and pepper sterling begin a romance but unfortunately sandy is constantly being asked out by her boss who's a very nice man except for he has this problem of constantly asking her out he's always asking her out and he's a very nice sex yeah (laughs) i guess it was 2014 so the boss could just keep asking you out every day and uh you know she tries to to? She deals with this by smiling politely and ignoring him and hoping he'll take the hint, which he never does. And uh, eventually, Pepper Sterling gets called back to L.A. And there is a very, very brief, like, outdoor montage of L.A. They're clearly, like, driving through Chatsworth or something. And uh, they make a snow ma- a sand man on the beach. Um, oh, right. <laughs> I'm not sure I saw this part one. of the movie. So he take he drags her back to LA under the pretense of going to the company holiday party, which I don't know why he lied, but there is no holiday party. But um, oh, he just wanted to show her his awesome McMansion. Oh yes, he lives in a huge mansion, which suggests he's getting paid Howard Stern money by this uh, radio station. Hey, he's Nick Tingley. He has a, a house manager <laughs> who oh god, but there's a moment where they are on the beach. They are the only people on this vast beach, and uh, except his agent randomly walks up while she's out of the frame and says like we need you back on christmas eve and he hands him a flyer that's like this insane flyer of his face with a santa hat like and (laughs) so he breaks it to her that he has to go back to his job in la and he hands her this flyer like it's some sort of note or something or a letter about his love and she opens it and we just see this insane Mm. flyer of his like face that looks like it's in a kool-aid commercial or something and i laughed very hard at that visual. Um, so one theme you might be uh, deriving from all of this is Jess likes these when they're nutty. Yeah, of course. What Jess wants is nutty. She she wants the non-formulaic stuff. And as part of this, that's why a lot of these that we've watched are from 10 years ago. Because mm-hmm. as we've gone on, Jess has noted to me, uh, we really have reached a sort of banalization of these where it really is purely formulaic you know and i feel former like, lawyer goes to right. small town you know old boyfriend is there they work together to build a tricycle for a crippled child <laughs> don't say <Yeah>. cr- <laughs> um so well yes so I that's what like, that's why you like naughty and nice because it isn't that 
it, they used it's to much be crazier. Funnier. They used to be crazier. And I feel like now it's like every moment of the movie has to be something that makes you feel good and safe. And everyone whispers. And there's never any conflict. And the then MSR? They, yeah. Well, I guess. I don't but know then they like they bake cupcakes and it's like it's just all so insipid and boring and um yeah like the first one we talked about catering christmas like there was never even a conflict it was just like well you know how that's near and dear to my heart i don't but Conflictless yeah movies but there's no there's no spice at all and this um naughty or nice had a little bit of pep in its step i enjoyed pepper sterling being a you know fedora asshole and uh, yeah, I don't know. It was funny. It's still formulaic. It ends. <laughs> I guess I won't say how it ends, but um, I don't know. It was funny. I enjoyed it. Uh, I recommend that one. All right. Uh, also, there's another Tilkey Jones movie called The Christmas Love Letter that I cannot find where to stream anywhere. So if anyone wants to help me out with that. But there's other Tilkey Jones. Oh, yeah. We got more Tilkey Jones okay. coming up. <laughs> you want to you move to that one now? Or? Keep it tuned here for more Tilkey Jones. <laughs> Do you want to stick with Nick Tingley or do you want to stick with naughty and nice as w- word titles? Let's uh, let's move on to naughty or nice, okay. not to be confused with naughty and nice. Now this, again, mm-hmm. a, a little little over uh, 10 years old, and this has someone hot in it. And that's, that's what I, Chrissy Kringle oh, was hot. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I want out of these. I, I, want, I want a little eye candy. She is pretty, yeah. Um, this movie is about a woman named Chrissy Kringle, who is tortured by her name and uh it doesn't help that she lives on like candy cane lane or something she does uh she happens into santa's naughty or nice list which is a magical book that tells you if someone's naughty or you nice. just say someone's name and the book opens right and tells you what's naughty or nice about them but at first she doesn't know that all she knows is it tells you what's naughty about them right and i don't she- think that's not even an important part of the film she gets <laughs> fired from her marketing job and has to uh, take a gig wrapping presents at the mall where she meets Marco, her fellow present wrapping elf, and they have a sparkling chemistry. Marco is a lovable nerd, and Marco just popped off the screen for me. I loved him so much. You were a much. big Marco fan. You couldn't stop talking about Marco. This movie, <laughs> I have not been this heartbroken by a film since, well, I don't know. Old Yeller. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> she has such chemistry with Marco. Meanwhile, she's broken up with her boyfriend, some blandly handsome loser. He's barely a character in the movie. All we see is her and Marco interacting, having a great time, you know. Is he the one he was like people. a lawyer trying to get Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a lawyer trying to get a promotion. No, he was working at the mall. No, no, no. The, her oh, the boyfriend. boyfriend. Yeah, who cares about him? Well, um, there's a lot of action involving the boyfriend and like throwing drinks at him and shit. Oh, that's right. She looks at his naughty list. And I, I don't know. All, <laughs> I so, just like this movie emotionally sets you up to want her and Marco to be together. But you and know, I looking know better. at it can, can't happen. He of wears course. glasses. Of course. I know better. She's beautiful. Of course, she's going to end up with the guy who looks like a daytime soap star. But when they get to the end, Marco doesn't even fight for her marco's just like oh congrats on being back with your boyfriend and i was like that's all we get like I just, he's her friend i know but he wanted nothing more they each got what they wanted out of the relationship it's only you who didn't get what you wanted i yeah not since 
Dylan and Brenda have I been more heartbroken about a doomed romance. Um, but yeah, I loved this movie. Marco pops off the screen. It is also... Did you like the relationship with the neighbor? Oh, yeah. The weird neighbor who steals things, but it actually has a heart of gold. Yeah, she was great. This movie is also... It, ha- it has to be the most depressing sets I've ever seen. A lot of it's filmed in a mall. You can tell it is a dying mall. A lot, some of it's in the mall break room, which is the fluorescent lit nightmare. The cul-de-sac she lives on where they have like a Christmas decorating contest. Like the, the decorations are all so aggressively ugly. Like it. And n- not like a, not like a set designer's dream of what's ugly. It's sort no. of like they found a cul-de-sac with Christmas lights up and said, Hey, can we film it's here? Like, I don't know if it was intentional or not, but this movie is so aesthetically depressing that I found it almost beautiful. You know, <laughs> like, Right. It, yeah. What is it, it saying really, with yeah. this banality? Yeah. Second time using the word banal today. Yeah. I, I really liked this movie. It did some interesting stuff. Marco was like actually funny. And uh, yeah, yeah, it was not. And Chrissy Kringle was actually attractive. She's she's married to someone famous and I can't remember mm. who. Anyhow. Yeah, I don't remember either. I feel like we looked that up. I don't remember her name either. Just Chrissy Kringle. Um. All right. <laughs> this is one that I'm sure you went to bed in the middle of because I remember yeah, I watched like the first 20 minutes you of being this in bed and me being like I can't believe he's not seeing this. <laughs> the Santa uh, Suit yes. 2010 20- Kevin Sorbo yes the, the most dead-eyed Kevin Sorbo you've ever seen played. is there a live-eyed Kevin Sorbo I don't he must have had some charisma when he was Hercules right he I didn't just, watch that show, I presume right? he just had his shirt off and had a smoking body okay well Kevin Sorbo plays Drake Hunter, the ice-cold-hearted CEO of Hunter Toys, which was his dad's company, but he has since taken over. There's a picture of his dad on the wall of his office, and I was like, why does he have a picture of Peter Thiel on his office wall? <laughs> it's explained that that's actually his father. Um, but yeah, the movie opens with Drake telling his uh, assistant, uh, there's no Christmas bonuses this year, and we're going to make the toys worse than ever. <laughs> He's making it his mission to make the toys as low quality as possible, you know, cutting corners. Tell me you're Scrooge without telling me you're mm-hmm. Scrooge. Um, but Drake is going to learn a lesson because here comes the real Santa. Because that's what happens to Scrooges. Yeah. The real, yeah. Jacob Marley comes to us in the form of the real Santa Claus and teaches Drake a lesson by turning him into Santa Claus. So uh, Drake cannot go back to his corner office because he looks like a man dressed as Santa Claus. And everyone's like, who is this crazy person breaking into our office? Yes. Uh, So he has to check into a homeless shelter, which has a sexy social worker working there, (laughs) and get a job as a toy store Santa. And I got a big laugh out of this store or this movie trying to pass off what was clearly a Dollar General as the toy store. Huh. Yeah, I seem to remember like the shelves looking. There's like, like the highlighters cheapest, worst and shelves. like yeah. pine sol, like generic <laughs> pine sol. <laughs> <Pine soul. laughs> it's uh, it's the hottest toy of the season. So he's working as Santa, and along comes another star who popped off the screen, uh, Sebastian, who's here to be his elf assistant, and treats this dollar store Santa situation like it is his audition for Juilliard. Like he is. He is working. And uh, at one point, he decides to be a dark elf, and he comes in in zombie makeup and scares all the children, which was very funny. I was definitely asleep yeah. by this time. <laughs> so 
Sebastian was a fucking star. Like, when I saw this man, I was like, I want to meet this guy. He is a genius. It was, so what's his IMDb? I forgot. I'll look it up. Um, yeah, so, you know, obviously Drake is working as a Santa Claus. He's touched by one of these children. His heart grows. He decides <laughs> not to make the toys worse this year or something. I don't know. It's, it's very strange. He meets a little girl. Oh, this little nonverbal girl keeps showing up at the store, but never says anything. Is she real or is she like a it's, ghost? I was like, oh, she's a Victorian ghost or something. Right. She's dressed kind of strangely. But no, we find out because Drake decides to follow her home one day in that a scene normal. that it, it is shot. So like he's trailing her across town and it is shot like from day to night. Like as though he followed her for several hours before. What, what 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 are we to understand when this is happening? His motivation is for following. He wants her. to know what's wrong with her because she won't talk or something, or why oh, she's sad. Okay. Um, <laughs> and she walks all around town by herself. Yeah, by herself. How old is she? She's roughly like eight or something. Wow. Um, Things he, are different. In he 2010. follows her home and eventually finds out that she lives in his childhood home, and we get some weird flashback about little baby drake which is very funny because the child actor playing him also has like sort of a floppy mullet like and a conservative podcast <laughs> yes we get an extensive scene where he's asking his dad whether or not santa claus is going to bring him a bicycle for christmas we're to understand that they're poor or something and christmas morning he does get the bicycle santa claus comes through and he reflects on this and he's like i didn't notice until a few days later that this the silver frame that my parents' wedding photo was in was gone after that. And it's oh. like a child so, would never in one million years <laughs> notice a silver frame <laughs> being gone. <laughs> but I like the little bit of uh, the gift of the Magi action happening there. Oh, my there. God. It, yeah, this movie is so fucking weird. I I laughed very hard. It is strange at every turn. And I also found it Again, funny. Again, it's called the Santa suit. Yeah. This and thing. what is it that got Kevin Sorbo out of the Santa suit? Um, I don't know. Something about realizing the true meaning of Christmas. Sure. The emotional climax of this movie is Kevin Sorbo and Santa Claus going to visit this little girl to bring her the doll she always wanted for Christmas. The uh, the one good toy that Hunter Toys makes that her mom couldn't get for her because she had to use the money to buy a computer instead, which made me think, how expensive That's is a fancy this doll? Fancy doll. Yeah. <laughs> but they visit this little girl in the middle of the night in her bedroom in a scene that is lit I cannot emphasize how strange it is in bright green lighting. Like it's an alien abduction scene or something. I just, I was watching it. And it's like they could have made it like a warm glow of a Christmas tree or like the blue light coming in from the moon, but they chose like dark green. It was so fucking weird. Huh. Uh, yeah, this is my favorite movie I've seen this year. It is so weird. Favorite streaming Christmas movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's up there. Uh, yeah. Cannot recommend highly enough. The Santa suit. It is 10 out of 10. Um, oh, we're kind of running low on time. Yeah, we are. We might have are. to do a little bit of triage here. What's what, what's really worth talking about um, out of this shit? Do you want to talk about more Nick Tingley? Sure. <laughs> yeah. So we watched Second Chance Christmas, which is from 2017, which I picked out specifically because it has Tilky Jones in it. She loves herself some Tilky I, Jones. I do love Tilky Jones. <laughs> um, I follow him on Instagram now, even though all he does is post ads for some like, he's got some sort of marijuana accessory company, <laughs> like <laughs> like boxes for your joints. And like, it's 
very strange. Wow. Um, that doesn't yeah, seem we'll, like... We'll be ordering that for all my friends for Christmas. <laughs> uh, okay, so Second Chance Christmas is we see Caroline and Jack, and they have a whirlwind romance. They meet at a holiday party. This is a watchable one. I, I liked it. Oh. They get married a year later, but then fast forward six years, and uh-oh, the honeymoon's over. He is a failed unemployed cartoonist he's just on the couch playing video games doesn't pick up all he does laundry he's a a man child he thinks that he's one day going to get a job at the new yorker and we see his little dinosaur cartoons which literally look like they were drawn by children and i find that very funny but i mean Um, they they succeeded in getting her you know like years years earlier i mean there's a difference between asking a girl out by drawing a dinosaur on a mylar balloon and and expecting to make a living at it (laughs) But uh, and meanwhile, she's a girl boss and a, a nag who, you know, has the audacity to ask him to walk the fucking dog once in a while, given that he's unemployed and not doing anything else. And she's she's a successful event planner. Mm-hmm. She has her own business and she is walking her ass down to the lawyer to get some divorce papers when she gets hit by a truck and wakes up with a case of the amnesia. So what does Jack do? He He lies. <laughs> He decides to fix their marriage by conspiring with her parents, which I found very strange. Yeah, no, no one apparently likes girl boss. Yeah, she's a, the girl boss version of. Yeah, her. everyone hates her. She's an uptight bitch. Um, yeah, so they're gonna try to hold this girl boss down by telling her, "No, you like living in squalor and playing Xbox." And they also don't tell her she has a job, which. Jack also doesn't have a job, so I'm not sure what his end game is here. That would take their household income down quite a bit for neither of them to be employed but yeah it doesn't seem like a well thought out plan yeah but you know what it's not motivated by economics it's motivated by the heart (laughs) it's motivated by being a fucking sociopath he just wants to get his his wife back man um yeah this movie is a straight-up psychological horror film i could not believe what i was watching um very questionable ethics from everyone uh but yeah five stars loved it (laughs) <laughs> no it was it, this one was fun it, yeah. it was okay it's not as it's no naughty or nice i think i went to sleep during the middle of this one too <laughs> um yeah it was fine all right let's any, see what else do we oh i also want to talk briefly about guess who's coming to christmas oh boy <laughs> <laughs> this is one i definitely left after about a third I, I although here's what i have to say about guess who's coming to christmas i did not know that nick lachey had a brother and that that brother was in 98 degrees with him. So it's so crazy that you didn't know Nick Lachey had a brother. I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what, what I learned from guess who's coming to Christmas 2013 is that Nick Lachey has a younger brother named something like Drew Lachey Drew. And that's all you needed. And, to and they were both in 98 degrees. I don't know what 98 degrees is, but it sounds like a famous boy band. They were also, and, I believe a, a Lou Pearlman venture. Uh-huh. Um, so, the, the only thing you need to know this about is this movie. This is the worst quality movie we watched this season. It was so dark. It looked like it was filmed on like a Nokia phone. And it also, I swear to God, the house it was filmed in was so messy and cramped. I was like, they was, snuck into someone's house to film this while these people were on vacation. Yeah, there was, there was no set decoration going it on It was here. crazy. Um also, it's called Guess Who's Coming to Christmas, which, which would I make you think. <laughs> can't help but think of the you know very famous Sidney Poitier film Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Uh, the film does have a black character. He disappears after ten minutes and has nothing to do with this movie. There's no 
it, it, the reference is clearly accidental, but I found yeah. that Guess very who's coming funny. to dinner? Uh, a washed up rock star yeah. is the answer. <laughs> a white guy. There, there's that, that, that's what this movie is about. A washed up rock star comes to dinner because he needs to get on everyone's radar again. So he has a contest. Right. To have me come hang out in your town. And I'll give a on your llama farm. I'll, I'll I'll give a concert, and I will revive your town and my career simultaneously. Yeah, it's very weird. And, but then he shows up and is going to be staying with them in their house for the week, and he's everyone seems very reluctant about it. And I'm like, well, it's because no, there's no there's no hotel this. in town, right? There was no <laughs> otherwise he'd be like sleeping in a tent out in. Oh, yeah, yeah. It not a good movie, but it it is shockingly amateurish. It, uh, yeah, I couldn't believe how it looked. Um, all right. Well, we are out of time. Do you have any other movies that you want to drop, warn people away from? Well, like I said, I want to recommend Your Christmas or Mine. Um, I sort of recommend Christmas with You, the Freddie Prinze one. Um, I do not recommend, not on our list here, uh, Holiday in Santa Fe. Uh, oh, with Mario Lopez. Yes, and Amy Garcia, who's also in Christmas with You. The, to me, this was uh, Amy Garcia's breakout Christmas year. <laughs> um, I, and it's funny, I went looking just today. I was like, there must be three. There must be a triumvirate of Amy Garcia Christmas movies. Mm-hmm. There are not. Mm-hmm. There's Holiday in Santa Fe, and there's Christmas with You. Yeah. Well, so if, maybe next year. Oh, yeah. why do you think there were no monarchy films this year nothing in fictional eastern europe is it out of respect to the queen do you think that there were movies that they (laughs) shelved because the queen no i absolutely don't i i think they what else this is a stupid question but what else could they do like i think they've sort of done all they can with royalty and christmas but of course the answer is there's always always make up a new fake country but man how many christmas switches were there three there were three yeah i had I think that they should Princess keep making Switch, that movie and keep exponentially adding more Vanessa's Hudgens. But those yeah. those are so bad. But I some of the other ones I enjoyed. But yeah, yeah, well, no remember year, uh, get... Brittany Griner in uh, Mordovia. She was in a in a prison camp in Mordovia, oh, uh-huh. and that sounds like a place in one of these Christmas movies. It does. Do you, you think know? that they should the make a, of a Christmas movie about a Russian penal colony? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they should. Yeah. Well. We'll, uh, we'll work on a treatment for that and get back to you next year. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, Merry Christmas. Actually, Leah and I are going to be back next week with our top five shows of the year. So, On Christmas? Yeah, on Christmas. Everything happens on Christmas. You have to go back to your job in L.A. on Christmas. You have to, you know, settle a property dispute by Christmas. It's, you know, that's how it works. Yeah. All right, so uh, got to buy that company by Christmas. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Ralph Melf. Ralph Melf was in one of these movies. Oh, God. He's still alive, huh? Yeah. I, that, that's actually something to recommend Holiday in Santa Fe. Okay. Ralph Mouth. Ralph Mouth. <laughs> um, yeah, so tune in next week for our top shows of the year and stay tuned here today for Indie Rock Girl Radio. Uh, we'll talk to you next time. It was just like Christmas.